Hi, it's Mark Sisson. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, where we deliver a variety of fresh content to help you live awesome. Enjoy the show. Engage with us online at marksdailyapple.com and on social media, and send your questions to info at primalblueprint.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. One of Primal Blueprint's favorite friends and favorite Primal Health Coaches is Dr. Al Dannenberg. He has a really wonderful story. It started out, uh, we've done a couple episodes together. Many years ago, it started off with you in your 60s and uh, having a stroke that your wife identified and changing your whole life, getting primal, realizing how that contributed to you as a doctor of oral health and mouth health. And um, really such a wonderful, really such a contribution to your field in, in the medical field. And we can either synopsize that if you want, um, or let's start where we are now because you're doing great. You go primal, things are great, labs are good, you don't have any more strokes, and then what Wow. Happens? And then, wow. The beautiful thing about going primal after I had a stroke, and it took from the age of 59 to 66 to figure it out, but by the time I was 50, uh, 66 and I figured out primal diet, primal lifestyle, and of course, Mark Sisson was a huge mentor to me, I learned something about my body that for the previous 66 years, it didn't know anything about. How could that be? You know, here I am a professional, a periodontist in practice for a very long time, and no one has ever given me this information. And none of my colleagues either. But anyhow, that primal lifestyle, primal diet, not only caused me to lose about 30, 35 pounds between the years of my age of 66 to 68, but I also removed every medication. I was on 70 medicines theoretically for the rest of my life, but I was able to wean off of all because I didn't need them anymore because of this diet and my change in hormones and everything. So here's I'm here I am very healthy considered myself a senior poster boy for a healthy lifestyle <laughs> lecturing writing books giving seminars doing virtual consultations and I was asked to speak at Paleo FX in 2018 which is the last time you and I met and I and while traveling from Charleston South Carolina to Austin Texas for that meeting I normally uh, have to go through Atlanta Airport. It's a big airport, a lot of concourses. I generally walk the concourses, put my bag on my shoulder, and walk. And everything is great. But this time, my shoulder, my right shoulder, got very sore. Um, I only Did thought about it. Did you define this where? On the actual yeah. shoulder meat part yeah. internally? Right, what was the right, feeling? Right where the area would be like the rotator cuff. Okay. I'm thinking I just pulled something. Um, it just felt sore and it never and it had didn't happened feel to suspicious to you other than like i jacked it somehow and i'll figure it out later exactly although i never had had that feeling where so that concerned me i went to austin not thinking about it so much did my little speech went back to charleston and the soreness never went away ah. actually it started to go back into my back scapula area and then it came to my chest area, and I started to have some breathing issues. Like if I tried to take a deep breath, it hurt. Now, 
I'm not putting any of these dots together. I'm just figuring out, I'm not feeling well, something is going wrong. So I call my physician who I've been seeing for many, many years, and he treated me for my stroke, but even before that. And I call him in August of 2018. So I take a little while. I'm a little pigheaded. So August of 2018, I call him and tell him, I have some problems. He brings me into the office. He looks at me. We kid around a little bit. He said, yeah, I guess you're hurting. And I said, of course, that's why I'm here. And he says, let's just do some blood work, uh, CBC, which is to look at blood cells, um, some chemistries, and actually a C-reactive protein that looks for systemic inflammation. Interestingly, all the blood studies and the chemistries come back relatively normal in a range. But my CRP, this indicator of inflammation, is way up. Normally, it's below 0.5. This overflowing. Obviously, something's going wrong. Okay. Yeah. So that's, by the way, this is great that you mentioned the CRP test. If you are with a functional medicine doctor worth their weight and they do an overhaul kind of like assessment of you, that is one of the things that they will check for as a marker of chronic inflammation um, to kind of let them know what might we need to look into. So anyway, go ahead. It is, but it is deceiving because if you have a splinter in your finger, you could have a a high CRP and the splinter goes away and the next day it goes down. So, and it doesn't say it's chronic or or acute, but it says something is systemic. So because of that, he says, let's do an MRI. We'll figure out what's going on. I get an MRI. By the way, if you've never had an MRI, it's an interesting experience because you're in a tube and if you're claustrophobic, that's a problem, but I'm not, but I understand people that are have a real hard time with it. Because uh, I would a, hate that. Really, <laughs> you're in a tube. They put earplugs in your ears, and the sound is amazingly, unbelievably pounding. Unbelievably pounding. But anyhow, so I do this MRI, head-to-toe MRI. takes maybe 20 minutes, 25 minutes. a long thing. And the next day or two, it's red, and my physician calls me. And he asks me, do you want to come into the office or would you like me to uh, just talk to you over the phone? I said, Bobby, come on. How bad could it be? Let's talk. And he starts to kid around. He said, did somebody beat you up? Did you fall down some steps? And I said, of course not. What's going on? He said, and then he gets serious. He says, I see a vertebral fracture, uh, compression fracture. I see two broken ribs. I see a hairline fracture in your pelvis. And I also see a soft tissue mass around two to three centimeters round on the side of your spine. And generally in your bone, there's a lot of holes. Whoa. And then he says, very seriously, I think you have either multiple myeloma, lymphoma, or leukemia. No choices are good there. Awful. These are all three cancers. First of all, I am the senior poster boy for a senior living. That's right. Like longevity and health. Yeah. (laughs) Wait a minute. This cannot be happening to me. I just had a sore shoulder that's moved around a little bit. Anyhow, so I don't know any oncologist. He refers me to a good buddy of his. I have more blood work. I have a what's called a PET scan, which is a big CT x-ray that looks at 
particular areas of cancer in the body. And, and they do that by infusing a radioactive glucose because cancer cells eat up the glucose. The glucose glows on the x-ray film and they see it. So all these tests are done and biopsy and whatever. I see this oncologist for the first time with my wife and two adult children. Basically, after he goes over everything and he's a marvelous guy and I'm still seeing him today, uh, although he's conventional, he tells me I have what's called IgA, kappa, light chain, multiple myeloma with innumerable lytic lesions in my skeleton. Innumerable meaning they can't even count them, there's so many. And basically my skeleton looks like a a person that has severe osteoporosis. That's why I've had all these little fractures without realizing it. Then he says, this is incurable. And then he says, I have three to six months to live if I do nothing. Wow. I, I don't even know like what kind of horrible like, yeah, way of one's yeah. life. Now, granted, yeah. I will say, you, your time wasn't done, but at least yet, you know, you weren't 30 getting the diagnosis. Okay. So I can see you being, but at least you didn't accept it and go, well, I'm sorry, don't cancel it. I mean, when we, when we first, you know, when we, when Mark Sisson and I, and everyone was first heard about you going through this, it was like our heart was punched because you are the pillar of this, not for appearances. We didn't, no one cares about that. Just the fact that like, Oh, you've done all these great things. You're such a wonderful guy. Um, I can't even imagine what, did you believe it? Or were you in that moment? Like, Oh, F you doc, I'm going to, I'm not going to. Oh, no, no, no. I'm smart enough to see the test results and the x-ray film to know He's not fooling me. And I don't know very much about multiple myeloma. I learned quite a bit since then, but I knew this was a cancer throughout my body. And, and it, it, it is a ton of bricks. And I really felt like my life, as I knew it, was over. And it was. I mean, it was over in that sense. That's not a problem, by the way. But in that sense, it was. And I'm thinking, what kind of questions can I ask? I'm sitting here and I need to ask important questions. But he interrupts me and he says, we're going to start chemotherapy tomorrow. You're not a good candidate for stem cell therapy. We'll do radiation on your chest because the problems that you're having with breathing is because these broken ribs are affecting your lungs and we need to at least stop the pain. It won't stop the disease. So I'm saying to him, George, I said, you're telling me this is incurable. Why am I going to go through chemotherapy? And he said, well, chemotherapy is going to put you in remission. And if you're in remission, you won't have any pain. And then you'll do fine. But your body will go out of remission. The disease is going to come back. And then we'll need to use other cost, more caustic chemotherapy drugs because the previous ones would not work any longer. And then you'll go back in remission. But eventually, the drugs won't work any longer. And you'll succumb to the manifestations of multiple myeloma. So I'm asking him, of course, I'm very... It makes me so sad. I know, I know. But but I'm asking even more geeky questions. So I need to know, so how am I going to die? I mean, this is a stupid but geeky question I needed to know. And I said, so so George, how will I die? What's going to happen with incurable multiple myeloma? And at the end stage, and he said... People that have multiple myeloma generally die from one of three things. They either have an infection that cannot be cured because your immune system is so shot, we can't even do anything to stop the bacteria infection, 
or you're going to have kidney failure because that's what's going to happen from the plasma cells damaging the kidney, or you will have internal bleeding because of severe anemia because all the red blood cells are just going to be breaking down and you'll die. You're like, I choose none of those. Those are horrible. I do not want any of those. Okay. So I'm thinking, all right, I'm looking at my wife. She's agreeing with me, knowing what I'm going to say next. And I said, look, Quality of life is everything. I am having trouble taking a deep breath. I'll do radiation on my chest because I need that discomfort removed. I totally reject chemotherapy. I can't understand why I would put archaic caustic chemicals in my body to destroy an already weakened immune system and hope that it may get better, but still it will never cure me and I'll get go downhill after that. And the quality of my life will slowly break down to being very disabled. This is not the way I want to die. Longevity means nothing. Quality of life means everything. So I reject chemotherapy. He is on page with me, which is great. And I tell him, I'm going to do some really deep research. I'm going to figure out some unconventional cancer protocols to improve my immune system, not destroy it, and see how I can go. And again, I'm not interested in living a long time. I just want to be pain-free and do what I want to do. So I, absolutely reasonable. That's, yeah, yeah. I, I think I would have been there too. Like, hey, let's just, Yeah. <laughs> So I seek out this information. I go to a lot of sources, mainly PubMed, but I have a few integrated physicians that I get involved with that give me ideas and I reject some of them and I accept some of them. And I create these 10 or so unconventional cancer protocols that I put together and I'm going to go over with them with you in a moment. But, but fast forward now, now this is September, 2018 with my diagnosis. I have three to six months to live theoretically. Now it's uh, August of 2021 as recording. No, no, no. Yeah, I'll get there. So I know. I just want to tell everyone, like, hey, uh, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I lived. By the way, guys. Uh, so I was 71 years old at that time. Fast forward to 2018, August of 2018. Now I'm 72 years old, and so I am standing in my bathroom. And I am brushing and flossing my teeth. I know how to do. And I'm going to throw the dental floss away. Now, I know my bones are very fragile. Up until this point, this year or so, I've had a few broken bones here and there. Not a big deal. But I twist to throw the dental floss away. So I'm twisting about 90 degrees to my left. That's where the trash can is. As soon as I twist, my feet are planted on the floor. My right femur snaps in half. Okay. I crash. I, I, oh my God. What? That is like, what was that movie? Like Unbreakable where Samuel Jackson like shattered. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Your femur. Yeah. Okay. That's the largest bone in your thigh, everybody. You break right. a femur. It's usually catastrophic if you're out, you know, you fall skiing or something. It's a very disaster because there's a big artery through there. Right. But do you feel it? Do you hear it crack? Like what the hell? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I can picture just it. Happen is is your condition creating? It, it's just such weak bones. My, my bones are so holy, lytic, oh. like osteoporosis. They are fragile, like that kind of fragile. So the turn literally snapped this shell in half, <sighs> and wow. I crashed to the floor. Now, of course, 
I crash to the floor, not realizing I'm going to lose this support. So there's no support. I crash to the floor, break two ribs. And then my right humerus, when it hits the, the uh, ceramic tile, splits in half also. So I'm literally on the floor, writhing. I can't really move. I'm screaming. But I can see my arm, my right arm and my right leg in angles that I could never bend them. So I know they are fractured. Ugh. And I'm thinking to myself, as I'm screaming for my wife, my life is over. First of all, I've only wanted to live if I could have long, uh, a, a um, quality of life. With these fractures on the right side of my body, I could never regain that quality of life. I'm thinking. And I'm ready to, to die. My wife comes in, of course, she's crying. I'm, I'm beside myself, of course. She calls EMS, emergency medical services. They come. Interestingly, this is in my bathroom. We have several halls to get into my bathroom. A gurney doesn't bend. <laughs> so they can't get the gurney into the bedroom where I'm laying on the floor and I can't stand up for them. They somehow maneuver me and pick me up and get me on the gurney and take me to the hospital. Now, I'm telling the hospital people, the, the emergency people, that I want to die. And when I get to the hospital, they fix my right femur because it's ready to perforate the femoral artery, like you said, and I would have bled to death. So they fix the right femur. They do not fix the right humerus. And of course, you don't do anything to the, the ribs. I reject everything that they're going to do because I'm really sincerely ready to die. They catheterize me. I am on heavy narcotics and other sedative medicines. And they send me to a hospice hospital to die. Oh, my God. That's where Mark called me. So I'm in the hospice hospital, and it's miserable. People all around me are dying. I mean, and this I is like that. you think maybe, oh, hey, like before the dental floss moment, I'm assuming you're like, all right, I got a little time here. And then that happens and you're like immediately shot into like, let's just fucking end this because I can't, this is, I mean. That's I what- was feeling great. I mean, I knew I wasn't getting better. I wasn't getting worse. I was literally you feeling you'd be in a hospice. <laughs> my quality of life was perfect. I knew I could break some bones, but I thought I was careful. I had no idea that a twist would snap a bone. I was being careful so I wouldn't fall. You know, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't trip over something and fall and break a bone. I had no idea that the pressure of a 90-degree twist would break a bone. When normally like, you do that like all the time. I'm like horrified for that you had to go through this. It's awful. It is, but you know, it's okay. It's okay. It's a great experience. I mean, I've, I've learned lots of lessons, by the way. I'm a good teacher now. So, so here I am at this hospice hospital ready to die. And as fate would have it, this is the first week of April, 2019, there's a hurricane coming through Charleston called Hurricane Dorian. Like, the last thing I need, damn it. <laughs> no, but here, but this is the beautiful part. The hurricane is threatening to hit the hospital almost dead center. You're like, bring it. <laughs> yeah, but the hospital is ordered to evacuate all their patients. They don't know where to send me. Hmm. So my, hosp- my, my wife is an RN. She arranges for a hospital bed to get to the house, and they send me to the house. I'm still un- under hospice. I'm still catheterized, heavily drugged. The hurricane comes through, it does what the damage that's going to do, and it's over the next day. And then 
my wife kind of gives me some really tough love, psychologically beating me up. And she says, look, you have lived with this uh, all, uh, um, unconventional cancer protocols very successfully for the past year. You've had this accident. Okay, you've been badly damaged. You are not a victim. You're a survivor. Let's get you back on these unconventional cancer protocols. Let me get a part-time nurse in here. Let me get a physical therapist in here, and let's see what we can do. God, we love her. I know. So the therapist comes, and eventually, within a week or so, he can get me to sit up in bed, eventually stand up by the side of the bed, and then use a walker to move around. I eventually get the catheter out. I've had it for 30 days. Oh, my God. And then, oh, Oh, and then urinary tract infections and and guys are not fun. Anyhow, so after that, I am ready to see my oncologist the next month in October. I mean, um, where are we? April. Um, Yeah, October. So May, soon, soon there. So I see him and he actually... He, he actually is amazed that I'm alive. I've got my months wrong. So I, the, the hurricane came through the first week of September, and I see him in October. It's about a month after I got better. So I see him in October. He's amazed that I'm alive. And then he tells me there are some new immunotherapy drugs that were just uh, approved by the FDA for the specific cancer cells I have. It's not chemotherapy. It supports the immune system. So I put that into my unconventional cancer protocols, but I'm doing very well at this point. Fast forward to May 2020, I want, he wants to see how my cancer cells are doing throughout my body. We offer, he uh, orders a new PET scan, and on May 8th, 2020, I get the PET scan. That night, he calls me. He says, make sure your wife is on speakerphone, and he reads the radiology report. And the radiology report says, no active cancer cells in my entire body. Whoa, wait a minute. My wife is crying. I'm floating maybe 10 inches above the ground. But as soon as I get back to earth, I realize the PET scan is only good for moderate to advanced cancer cells. It doesn't show everything. Okay, I am not in remission. I haven't cured cancer. But I can tell you this is an amazing result. And my oncologist is absolutely floored. So. Here I am today. I am thriving. I walk outside a day. I do modified push-ups. I do modified squats with all my broken bones that are healing in crazy ways. And I feel fantastic. So this is what has happened to me. And I will tell you, these, yeah, go ahead. these unconventional cancer protocols, I'm not curing cancer, but what I've done is to recreate a significantly robust immune system where my immune system should be shot. I think I have a better immune immune system than 98% of the U.S. population. And I'm attributing that to what I'm doing that anybody can do. This is nothing exotic. And I feel great. So let me ask you this. Um, yes. Was the immunosuppressive, like the things that you were taking, obviously you found that helpful? Do we or do not know whether you of course without it? Of but let me ask you, do you yeah. continue to take them? Is it just like you do a treatment like you do with chemo where you take these drugs for a certain amount of time and then you're good? Like how does it actually technically work? Right. So I'm only taking one 
immunotherapy drug. I take it once a month. It's a little injection. It 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 is um, modifying the malignant plasma cells. But the interesting thing is this: I rallied and revoked hospice with my unconventional cancer protocols before these drugs were introduced to me. And my oncologist is keen on what I'm doing for myself. And I showed him some very interesting recent articles in the last year or so that shows that those individuals that are good candidates for immunotherapy, not everybody is a good candidate, um, but those that are good candidates, only 25% are successful. The 75 plus percent that are not successful generally is because of a dysbiotic gut, damage to the bacteria in the microbiome in the gut. And this article was actually published in an oncology journal um, publication. I brought that to my oncologist. He was kind of amazed. Interestingly, I believe because what I'm doing, and my gut is as healthy as you might imagine the healthiest gut to be, I am believing that all of this is just this integrated medicine, conventional and unconventional, is affecting me like a shotgun approach and making me heal as well as I am. I cannot tell you any one thing I'm doing is the critical element. I think immunotherapy is important, but I got to tell you, the diet is critical, the gut is critical, supporting my epithelial, my cellular membranes and ATP production from mitochondria is very critical. All of this is critical. My exercise is critical. My good sleep is critical. My emotional stress, I don't have a good that I don't have good control with that. Uh, that's the only thing I have to work with. But yeah, other you're than that, type A East Coaster, you guys I have am, that. I know, I know. We're all happy. I am. It's terrible. But but I am doing so well. And and this may, I honestly it was such a heartbreaker. I'm so glad Mark had uh, <clears throat> called you. Uh it was a heartbreaker getting those emails, learning what you, what was happening with you. And um, I am not shocked we're here having this discussion because of who you are. Um, obviously, it's one of those things like my hypothyroidism or anything else. It's your test is going to become your testimony. I know that. Uh, didn't you switch things up now? Do you still mm. follow a carnivore diet? Is that what you've yes. decided to adopt? Okay. So how long have you been doing carnivore? I started carnivore January 1st, 2020 from the research that I was doing, especially from the Paleomedicina Clinic in Budapest, Hungary. That is a medical facility treating real humans, not rats and mice. They've treated about 5,000 patients with severe chronic disease and cancer. And they put them on an animal-based diet, which they call the Paleolithic ketogenic diet. But here's what's interesting. No supplements, no pharmaceutical drugs, just ketosis and the diet. Now, that, that, I mean, that's I, what that center does is what you're saying. That's correct. And okay. they report, they report um, in various medical journals, their case studies of patients that are getting results that are quite compelling. And that blew me away. Once I dug into the science of it, the medical science of it, I adopted that on January 1st of 2020. Now I do a relatively strict carnivore diet with a fat to protein ratio measured in grams of two to one. And um, I can have a few fruits occasionally, but I'm still staying in ketosis. What I do with ketosis- You mean like some berries, a little- little Yeah, a little berries, maybe a mango once, um, an apple once, not all at one time, um, and some raw honey. But I make sure that my- 
grams of carbs are less than 10 to 20. And I do stay in ketosis. And I have a um, ketone breath meter, so I know that I'm in ketosis. But I don't stay in ketosis all the time. What I think is critical, and again, from my research, is that I want to stay in ketosis just like our primal ancestors did, but I want to cycle. So about once every seven days, I eat 100 to 100 grams of carbs, getting it from several tablespoons of raw honey, which is awesome. I love it. And then I will have that berry, mango. some berries, maybe an apple, mango, practically no so vegetables. About every seven days, you pretend like you've hit a blueberry patch. For the, yeah, gonna, but, yeah, but what's beautiful is I'm exercising my metabolism as we should be doing biologically. And that is termed metabolic flexibility. My body knows how to burn fat when there's only fat available for the most part. And my body knows how to burn some carbs into my body and stop burning the fat and then, and then switch back to ketosis and produce these ketones. And you know, the production of ketones is an amazing, healthy element in the body. It goes to the brain. It can feed 70% of the uh, brain's necessary fuel source. It can uh, reduce excess free radicals. It produces or encourages endogenous uh, production of antioxidants, which is really the only antioxidants you need, like glutathione. It, it's just an amazing structure that our body knows how to do. Do you eat all animals and nose to tail? Do you eat liver and organ meat? Oh, yes. Do you also eat fish or do you just eat red meat? Like what's your, do you, are everything yes. that had a parent you eat? Like what? <laughs> yes, I eat exactly what you said. I eat some red, I eat some muscle meat. I eat more organs, more collagenous material and, and um, uh, certainly the saturated fat. So I do that rudiments, you know, the red meat, Lamb, beef, basically all grass-fed, grass-finished, um, uh, pastured, obviously. Those are my main meats. I do eat shellfish, certainly shrimp. I love it. We get wild-caught shrimp down here in South Carolina. Um, I eat um, some fish. I'll eat sardines, wild-caught sardines. I'll eat wild-caught salmon. That's not as much as the other meats and the other shellfish. Now, I do not eat organs every day, but I do take desiccated organs and desiccated uh, bone marrow every day. I also make sure that if I'm not eating a collagenous meal, you know, like uh, oxtail and the bone broth of oxtail or whatever, Ooh, I love oxtail. which is mm. awesome, right? God, man. But if I'm not eating that, I will take collagen peptides to balance my protein, my, the, the protein amino acids because I mean the muscle meat amino acids because you have to have those balanced but I will do that every single day this is so amazing so we're two years now almost two and a half beyond the six month uh, oh, yes. oh yes oh yes oh yes so you you got three to six how how what are we on now if I feel the way I feel mm -hmm. going forward, I could live at least another 20 plus years. Mm -hmm. And okay. I may never be in remission based on whatever is going on with some dysfunctional antibodies that are being produced, but I am feeling fantastic. I have fantastic and energy. Think, and is, is it that whole thing where you twist and break something? Is that kind of over with right now? Do you still have no, to be careful? No, I have, how does that yeah. work? No, it's, 
I have to be careful. I'm getting a new bone density in uh, March of this year, but I have to be careful because I don't know. And I don't want to test it to say, oh, this is still breaking. Is it is it as careful as it was during that moment? Oh, yeah. 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 No, no. I'm are, very... like, every move is calculated then with you right now. Absolutely. When okay. I go into my kitchen and I cook, I take little steps. I don't twist. I just kind of rotate slowly. Um, when I walk outside, I walk with a rollator so that if I were to feel my leg weak, I'm not going to crash to the ground. I'm going to have a rollator to support my body. So yeah, I'm very, I'm very careful. I don't fly. I can't fly in an airplane. Why is that? Well, there's too much bumping for me to try to maneuver. I can't even raise my, my right arm is limited. I can't raise to get to the overhead compartment. I mean, it's just be impossible. And you know what it's like in an airplane. It's just bump, bumping after bumping. I, I, I couldn't deal with that. And for me to walk up steps, that's very difficult. All right. So there's still some limitations. Yeah. Great. But you know what I kind of like about that is kind of interesting. I mean, maybe, I don't know if you've had any sort of derived pleasure from this, but it's like when you're forced to slow down you kind of are enjoying like the moment a little bit murder. Maybe it's just because you have to like cut that thing a little bit, you know, but when you're kind of forced with some sort of ailment or kind of physical limitation to slow down, it's almost uh, to me sometimes welcome. Cause I know, you know, you're sort of go, go, go like me. We're both kind of type a types. Um, did you, did you feel any kind of uh, any benefits from having to like kind of be extra careful? Well, it's made me much more spiritual, even though I was spiritual to start with. Now, I'm not religious. I'm, I don't affiliate with any man-made religion or concept, but I am amazingly spiritual. I believe in our soul. I believe our soul is here more than once. I believe we're here to learn lessons. I think this is my lesson to learn. I'm appreciative of it, and it's changed my life, obviously. And I am communicating with people all over the world that are having situations like this. I mean, they're talking to me about and gut issues, and we talk about that all the time. But I'm getting people to schedule consultations with me because of their cancer and the way I'm doing it. This is not plant-based. You know, everybody that is in a cancer journey that I know of that is trying to be holistic goes plant-based. They juice and they do all these other things and they I, I i just don't understand it i know the science here i know the medicine i know the i know our evolutionary course it's never been it's never been glucose dominant no it's only and that's recently. The thing about the pet scan i mean you're a doctor so i get it but you know you pointed out they're basically kind of injecting a glucose a sugar like substance into your body to see where the hell the cancer is because Cancer just lights the fuck up in front, in front of glucose. Well, absolutely. That sort of says everything you you need to say about freaking sugar, man, and like the harms of sugar. And I always bring up the so, PET scan thing because I'm like, if that's not like a direct correlation, which is why a lot of people do have success, right? Even even if they have to go through chemo, that the symptoms uh, it's a lot, a little bit of an easier time if they are carnivore or keto. I guess some side effects. Oh, are absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. It and then also it helps shrink the chemo. actual cancer, right? I mean, yep. essentially, you're starving it of its favorite crack and you get rid of that. So I don't understand the philosophy of like doing juices and living off of a plant-based carb heavy paradigm, given what we know. I, it just doesn't make sense to me, but. Let me just tell you, I go to a sophisticated cancer clinic every four weeks 
And there's a section in the cancer clinic is called the infusion clinic. And this is where the cancer patients that are getting chemotherapy or immunotherapy through a vein go to lay down in a lounge chair and get their medicine. All the time, all the time, the nurses in the infusion clinic are offering snacks, chocolate chip cookies and Coke to drink. Now, I even mentioned this to my oncologist, who is part of this clinic, and I said, What are you doing? Do you ever do you know what they're serving in the infusion clinic? He said no. And I said, This is what they're doing. He said, Really? He said, and I can't believe that he didn't know that. And I can't believe that they still do it, but they're still doing it. So even the medical profession that should know better, obviously, right? Well, I mean ignorance. I think you and I have learned so much over this time, even you yourself, having, um, you know, medical background and a specialty within the mouth and even realizing what you learned through your paleoprimal journey and how, like all the stuff you were taught to help people with your mouth stuff, you're like, oh my gosh, it's so based in nutrition. There's so many things you can nutritionally do to even avoid getting to a doctor like you for your mouth. You already figured that out. I'm not shocked you took this alternative journey. I think it's so fascinating. And also, uh, so far freaking great. I mean, I, I, yeah, yeah. Who wants to not be able to turn suddenly, but if you're feeling good and your mind's right, man, that's so much better than being oh. like, I'm done. I'm in a hospice. I'm done. Hospice was interesting. There's another interesting thing about this um, chemotherapy and medicine right now, conventional medicine. Um, the conventional medicine docs or the nurses, when they, when they were getting ready to treat me, um, with the immunotherapy, I had to have a interview with their dietitian, and their dietitian told me that uh, the most important thing, of course, is not to lose weight. Eat anything that is tasty. And I said, well, wait a minute. I know a little bit about nutrition. What do you mean anything that's tasty, like bagels or pizza? And she said, it doesn't matter. Anything that you like. The other thing that is very interesting is None of the medical people, and I'm talking about the physicians as well as the nursing staff, talk to you, a cancer patient, about the complications, they call side effects, of radiation and or chemotherapy. So the radiation and chemotherapy can certainly damage the entire inner lining of your gut, including your mouth, creating sores called oral mucositis. Oral mucositis are like ulcers that are huge in your mouth. And the pain from oral mucositis is worse than the pain from cancer. You can't swallow, you can't talk, you can't eat. And it goes on and on and on. And the doctors never talk to you about that's a possibility. And they don't even tell you how to prevent it or even how to treat it. They'll give you some glucocortisone. Glucocortisoids that will actually, I'll remember the word in a moment, um, to coat the mouth and maybe bring down the inflammation, but it doesn't take care of it. Actually, there are some double blind studies that will show that raw honey treats mouth mucositis, oral mucositis, better. the uh, pharmaceutical drugs. What's your favorite honey? I like Manuka. 
mainly because there's so much science behind it and there are some interesting chemicals that other local raw honey doesn't have. But raw honey is still fine locally. Manuka being That's, the you know, New Zealand, is that? Yeah, the New Zealand raw honey. I, I get it. There, there are a lot of companies. I get it because of my local um, uh, grocery store. They have Wetterspoon. So I get the Wetterspoon um, Manuka honey. But there's various brands that are very good. Oh, what a journey. Oh, my God. All right. So you have something, you know, we'll put it in the show notes, but I'm sure a lot of people are listening and they're thinking about their loved one or themselves or anyone who might be going through some sort of nightmare, radiation, chemo, sort of induced disease. How can we work with you and get your private, personal, one-on-one help or any kind of information um, from you? I know you obviously work with people one-on-one. Yes. So tell us where do we start? You know, obviously we'll put everything in the show notes, but give us a rundown. Well, so so I actually offer this little training. It's about a twenty minute video training on what I call my Better Belly Blueprint. It's a, it's a animal based seventy percent or more animal based type of eating way of eating that is the basis for the diet. And you can get that training that's free, and you'll actually be able to download that little mini ebook, which is about 24 pages of Better Belly Blueprint. Great. And then you can you can actually schedule a 30 minute free consultation with me. We can go over things. Um, if, that's amazing. If, if the, things work out and this is what you really want to do, we could do a much longer coaching program. But um, yeah, I offer that, and certainly I want to give back as much as I can. You are such an inspiration. So many people at this at that point would have been like, I give up, like you were ready to, you know, and not. But I, I mean, know. some people would have given up, and this is just such a uh, you know, people I know, need to I know. know. You your intuition and your history and medicine and also natural health to make the determination that you were not going to do the chemo and you were just going to do this. I get that. But again, it is such a great example of someone diagnosed you with something and you're not just going to listen. You are going to do what we, I, we all say to do, get into it yourself. You may know something that your doctor doesn't know. You may have, uh, be more enlightened about something to infer a decision that you have to make. And I think just so many people are so scared when they get a diagnosis like this, they just go to the oncologist and listen to whatever, when there's so like, there's great integrative oncology. There's some other things to be considered here, you're just the perfect example of that. I know you have a medical background, but it it bears repeating for the lesson to everyone. You don't just accept it. You get into it. Become your own expert as much as you can. Um, even if you only understand it theoretically, that you might have a, a better perspective that can help you. So um, I love that you didn't just accept it. I would be shocked if you had and, and not gone down the rabbit hole yourself, but what an amazing, what an amazing outcome. I think everybody needs to know if, if you haven't, if, if your listeners have not had a life-threatening situation, they probably know somebody that is in the process or has had it, or maybe will have it in the future. And the, the most important thing is like you just said, don't just listen to the guy in the white coat and, and believe that this is gospel and you can't do anything other than there are many that are not, they're free. They're not something you have to pay for where you can do research like pubmed.gov. It's a, it's a, um, a world database of all medical research from decades ago. And you just put in certain keywords and all the, the abstracts that have been written on the subject will pop up. There could be 
hundreds of thousands of articles. Maybe there's only 10, but whatever. You can read these pieces of information that are being done all over the world to treat that problem that you're looking at and make some uh, decisions on how, what, what areas you want to follow and integrate those alternative concepts with conventional concepts and only work with what makes sense to you. Don't give up. My God, don't give oh up. Oh my God, don't give up. I am so glad you didn't give up. And also, not just for yourself and your family, but for the knowledge you've gained and be able to help others possibly through something like this. Um, can I ask, back to the shoulder thing, why, why, yeah. why, why do you, uh, there may be no answer, but like, what is it about the disease that you were positive for and aren't now necessarily um, that made it hit the shoulder right away versus other places? Is it always with the shoulder? Is the shoulder thing kind of like a red flag telltale sign? Or is it just the way that it manifested? It could have been your foot and it just happened to be your shoulder. Because my skeletal system had lytic lesions, holes throughout the body, it, it was very fragile and weak. Most likely what happened was either there was a hairline fracture in a bone structure or because of the disease and I was using this very heavy bag on my shoulder, it put pressure on a very, very mm. flimsy mm -hmm. piece of bone that elicited pain. Okay. It, it, it never, the x-rays never identified that I had a fracture in my shoulder. But there could be a hairline fracture that doesn't show you. You know that. And then, with, without a doubt, um, when you're when you're having this cancer, there is deep bone bone pain everywhere. I will tell you, I live with pain twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. Now, don't feel sorry for me. It's not that big a deal. I don't even take ibuprofen. So. I just know it. I would call Why it do you, discomfort. Well, then you say like I feel great, but then how can that that that's contrasted with I've, well, you, I've been in pain all the time. What, yeah, but you, the level. <laughs> yeah, so you you, I'll tell you this. You learn how to deal with things. So I know that I have discomfort, but I think through it, and it's not overwhelming me. But I will tell you another part of my unconventional cancer cancer therapies that are working for me with pain and other things, and that is. Pulsed electromagnetic field therapy. So pulsed electromagnetic field therapy is actually a generation of very low frequency waves with no voltage spikes that are in a harmonic balance. So there's hundreds and hundreds of waves creating like a philharmonic orchestra of waves on an oscilloscope. And these waves actually are reminiscent and typical of the frequencies of individual cells in your body. And these waves can enhance the health of the cell, just like if you had a battery that's a rechargeable battery and it's weak, you put it in a charger, stick it in the electric socket, and it builds up its charge again. These low-frequency waves with no voltage spikes that, that can go into cells that are weakened and Cancer is a disease of mitochondrial dysfunction, weakened cells. It can enhance those cells, and that's one of the things that I why I'm using the pulse electromagnetic field therapy, but it improves inflammation and bone pain. It's actually used for people that have osteoporosis. And I use this mat three times a day. It's like a yoga mat that lays in the um, um, under my sheets in the bed. 
And I have a protocol and it goes on when I go to sleep. It goes on when I wake up in the middle of the day. And I can tell you, if I'm not using the mat, I will have significantly more pain. If I am using the mat, amazingly tolerable. And I know I'm enhancing my cells and my mitochondria, but it also is improving the pain level. So I do that. Oop, I had myself muted. I was going to say, I'm so grateful for all of the time you've spent your first journey, right? Preventing a second stroke, getting on the right path, man. Then you got hit with another one. Unlike me, like I was young, I got hit with a hand disability. Then I get hit with hypothyroidism. You're like, are you freaking kidding? (laughs) But, (laughs) but both of us, I talk about things related to both of those things. I mean, so, you know, I guess it was obviously it it happened. It was meant to happen. Um, uh, And we learned a lot from our experiences, right? We've learned much. much more than you could ever learn in a classroom when you're experiencing these things you know you really know what it's all about and you really know what to do about it yeah yeah uh thank you so much we will put everything to connect with dr al dannenberg in our notes um anything else you'd like to leave our audience with i mean love to have you back on in the future just um i'm sure you're going to discover more have more experiences but this is just amazing and and you know, the best news we can have right now, which is I'm happy to hear. I will say what I'm doing and all of these little protocols put together, and I can cer- certainly have your viewers see my um, complete set of protocols. I am basically improving my immune system. And I will tell you, there are so many companies today that are making a million products to boost the immune system because that's the, the key phrase right now, boost your immune system, take this pill. Obviously, that doesn't work. I will tell you that if you can boost your immune system, anyone, you can prevent and certainly treat viruses and other pathogens that come into your body naturally, because that's what our immune system is designed to do. At least 160,000 years of evolution has created where we are today. And our bodies are designed to thrive and not get degenerative diseases and slowly go downhill and then die a miserable death. And 70% of the U.S. population is doing that. That's crazy. It never has happened in our primal evolution except now. We can make a difference and it's not difficult to do. So true. Thank you so much for coming on. I know it's it's been a while. We were trying to get you back on, but I think this is the perfect timing right Thank now. You. And I just, I wish the best. Please definitely keep in touch and love to have you on again. Thank you so much. And I hope- Thanks I for the opportunity. Again someday. Thanks for the opportunity. Have a great day. You too. And everyone else, we'll see you next week. Make sure every salad is dressed for success with Primal Kitchen dressings and marinades. Versatile, flavorful, and unique, Use Primal Kitchen dressings to marinate meats, dunk veggies, and add complexity to your favorite salads. With keto-certified, certified paleo, and Whole30 approved options, finding your salad soulmate is a snap. Choose from updated classics like ranch, Caesar, Italian, balsamic, honey mustard, or Greek. Or get adventurous with aromatic sesame ginger, zesty cilantro lime, creamy vegan ranch, or tangy lemon turmeric. Avocado oil-based, these dressings, vinaigrettes, and marinades are an easy, primal-approved way to upgrade any dish. So use the code PRIMALBLUEPRINT to take 20% off your purchase at checkout.